is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman, and we, of course, as always, are sponsored by our proud supporters of Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in a buck to get your names on all of our videos and streams. Give us five bucks for a piece of monthly exclusive content, which also includes the back catalog of everything we've put out so far. And then, of course, $15, $20 international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing, which I've got everything sort of wrapped up and ordered now. So those should be hopefully going out a little bit earlier for people who are who do some holiday traveling. Mm-hmm. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. hey. All right, gentlemen, we are back here to cover a bunch of Pioneer content. Before we get into it, uh, there was a pro tour this weekend, which I almost forgot about had it not been for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yes, mostly sure just the, Mostly just the pros saying, I submitted my deck list for the championship. Yep. Uh, apparently, apparently it was sweet. Apparently it was really good. I unfortunately was pretty busy this weekend, so I couldn't watch it. But of course, shout outs to your new Zendikar champion, uh, Brad Barclay with Azorius Control beating Autumn Burchett in the finals on Goblins. That's right. That top eight was in fact historic. Um, of course, you know, shout outs to Autumn, who's of course on the team with Emma Handy and they have a wonderful group. They really blew it open. I think with, uh, that really innovative build of goblins. Did you guys see any of the, the top eight lists? You see what, uh, the goblins deck that Autumn and Emma were playing? I didn't. I focused more because they had a really good, uh, Gruul Adventures deck that they were very proud of for standard. Okay, so I, yeah. I saw that part of it, but I didn't see much of the historic stuff. Uh, let me tell you, the go- the new Goblins tech mm-hmm. is Harold's Horn. What I is Harold's that. Horn? Uh, as it is three-man artifact, as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature of the spells of the chosen type costs one less to cast at the beginning of your upkeep. You look at the top card of your library, it's a creature of the chosen type, put it into your hand. Oh, okay, gotcha. That looks extra card advantage there. Like and two of that costs five. Mindstone. Yeah. So they had a good run, and f- I'm gonna have to go back and watch the top eight. Apparently, those, especially it the finals stacks. match, yeah. Like who? Like let's, let's break this down here. So we have Autumn Men- Mengu's in there, and Deceif, Picorni. I don't. That's not a name I really real remember. Uh, recognize there. We have, of course, your winner, Brad Barkley, Magni, Merkel, Brad Nelson. Uh, is that another Mengu? Are there two Mengu's? No, there's there's Mengushi and then Men something. Mengucci and no, I'm what? Uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm messing up because that's right. Sorry, I I forgot they have it's double lib now. Right. Yeah. So I just saw Mengucci again. Okay, never mind. I'm not going crazy. It's really sports now. Double lib all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about double lib. I'm fine with it. A lot of other places do it. It makes I think it makes a lot of sense if if uh, you know it's the viewership numbers are trash they are not good i mean they had maybe a, a thousand or so viewers for this top eight um or at least for some of it right like a lot of the competition i guess i don't know the numbers in the top eight it's probably higher but they weren't good they were no, nowhere near as good as when it first came out like arena was I, first a thing like the problem is like without the weekly gps and stuff like that you just don't know anymore right yep yep, yep. i do want to show in andrea Mangucci's top eight deck for uh, historic He's playing two Yasharn in place oh, of the were, were they on the uh, the 4C? Yep. Yeah, the 4-color mid-range. Brad, I think Brad also played that, yeah? Um, that he was, might have. That was 4-color four, four mid-range, I think, was like one of the big with like the big new breakout deck of the, the event. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah. One of the people was just playing straight-up Sultai. Yeah. And it's got like a couple cards different, but other than that, it was it was uh, the Sultai deck that we have in Pioneer, so... Mm-hmm. Merkel, it looks like. But of course, that wasn't the only championship this weekend because we had our own. Uh, Heck yeah. Our own uh, webcam championship this weekend, taking it down by Lilo Trey on the Discord with Esper Control. Of course, all those deck lists are up on MTG Goldfish right now. Uh, the If you go to Goldfish right now, the, the order is messed up from what the actual results were uh, due to a tournament organizer error i'm not going to name names but to, <laughs> due to a tournament organizer error sure, when sure. making the phases of the event um, but trey was the winner not servo token um but it was a great field great field there uh pretty you know everyone's on a different thing as always i was running some mono black uh, unfortunately i had to sort of give up my wins to because i had to leave early and couldn't play the top four but i definitely had a lot of fun when i was playing uh ricky how'd you do 
Uh, I played, I believe, a five-turn match against uh, Wombat in round one. Okay. And then I played a. Well, uh, sorry, was, was that was that a was that a five turn match? A five turn match. Oh, and why why was that a five turn match? Uh, because I was playing Mono Blue Storm, and uh, he played Eidolon on two. Mm. <laughs> uh, both games. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, game one he was on the play. It was just a uh, turn one Soul Scar Mage, turn two Eidolon. All right, next game. <laughs> And then uh, in game two, he did it again. And while I was definitely dead when he played it, I figured, uh, well, a scoop scoop isn't much fun. So let's actually die this time. Sure. Um, yeah. When your deck is like Ornithopters and Mox Ambers and uh, Terrarians, uh, burns pretty good. Yeah. More particularly Eidolon of the Great uh, Great Revels. Yeah, definitely good. Eidolon of the Great yeah. Revel. Uh, caught me with a hand of... Like, I had a Psy, and I had three Ornithopters, and so I was just like, I'm just going to wait, I'm going to play the Psy, and then I'm going to play three Ornithopters, and then he can't win. And uh, then the Eidolon came down, and I was like, ooh, uh, he definitely I, can't. Can't, I can't play these Ornithopters anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they cost two life. I also saw you uh, on the unfortunate receiving end of an Emrakul, which let your opponent paradoxical outcome and then just give you the worst hand ever. Yeah, they... <laughs> they played Emrakul, then Paradoxal outcomed my whole board, and then decided to give me a hand of uh, five lands and, uh, I think, two Terrarians. Oh, they gave you the Terrarians, at least. That's pretty... That's that's fair. Nice. That's nice. And then, Wait, but I did... In game two, I did come back and win that game. Uh, it took me a little too long to do so. We went to time... So, I mean, I definitely ate more chess clock, so I gave it to my opponent. And then I received a buy, which I consider a loss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is there anything else, uh, anything else we want to touch on this week before we head into the metagame breakdown? Maybe a potentially worse pro scene than uh, Magic so right now? We constantly, uh, you know, berate a little bit and make fun of, uh, especially two pro tours ago, like the coverage and like, I don't know what's going on, and it looks like Magic doesn't even want to have the Pro Tour. Uh, I, people are talking about Pro Points right now and how you make all the leagues and stuff and who's going to fall out. I'm just like, I have no idea what is even being discussed because I feel like unless you're in the system, you don't know how it works. Right. I mean, the path to the Pro Tour is like, it's like murkier and murkier every day, and like, but that's I, fine. I, I, I want to make clear that at one point, right, like, we had pro points. Like, I, I just like, I, I don't want it to sound like, Oh, that like these guys hosting this podcast, are, like apathetic or they don't know what's going on. It's like, the thing is like, we used to, it's, it's not like all of a sudden we're just like, Oh, we've just never bothered with it. It's like pros don't bother with it because it just, it stopped making sense a long time ago, but we used to keep track of pro points. We used to name, you know, me and Ricky can name you most of the pro tours that we set up night watching who is in the top eight, what decks they played. You know, for a lot of these things, like we remember these iconic pro tours that we stayed up and watched. And, and I remembered I could oh, for certain games, not a lot, of them, but for certain games, I can tell you how it played out because it was so exciting to watch. And it's just it's not that way. anymore, Right. It's not like we have never cared. We used to care a lot about how the pros played, who was, you know, a, a, a platinum level pro who was bronze, silver about to make their way up. Right. Like not only would we used to care about it, but we used to understand. And like, that's why we're painting that picture of like. Hey, we don't know because we used to, <laughs> you know, not only we used to know, we used to be able to tell you everything about it. We used to care a lot more, you know? Right. I definitely so I don't want to get confused about like, we want to care. <laughs> we right. just can't. We, we, we do in fact want to care more than ever. Um, I did the mythic grind thing. I, you know, uh, I need to do it again in arena, but man, at least, uh, at least it's not a company that's just actively killing its own esports. True. On purpose. Who is? Uh, Nintendo. Yeah. They don't want their esports anymore. They don't need them. Right. They sold enough Animal Crossing. They don't need any more esports. <laughs> uh, they decided for the third time now, they've decided that, wow, Melee is coming together to play online through all these events during COVID. What a hard time. Let's slap them with a good old friendly cease and desist. Uh, because Melee, you know, Nintendo getting wise, they're just like, Oh, Melee's not an online game, so you're modding it, therefore copyright. Which is true. Like, they've come out 
and they've been like, hey, due to pandemics, we cannot meet in person with our old GameCubes and our old CRTs, which we will lovingly lug around for this game that we love so much. We've kept it alive for years and years and years past its prime, right? If, prime. if your friend has a CRT just in their trunk all, every, all day, every day, they're a melee player. Yeah. They would do that if they could, but it's literally not safe. And some fans decided to go through and patch the game and make it playable online so we could at least keep the events going that we already planned. Yeah, you can't have worse netcode than than Ultimate does, so there's no downside. And it has, yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought the Brawl netcode was worse. They even offered, uh, I believe they offered uh, to help with the netcode for Ultimate. Uh, but ultimate netcode is just a mess. Uh, so here we are, uh, playing melee and Nintendo slaps you with a cease and desist. Uh, you're playing with a modded version of melee. It's not a real GameCube. Not that you sell melee. If you sold melee, literally just put it on the switch. Just literally take the ROM, put it on the switch, literally do nothing to it. Charge $60. It would sell. Anyways. Yeah, uh, but then how do how, I can't play with my broken GameCube controller? Because apparently you can only play pro level uh, Smash and Melee just with a broken controller. Am I correct? Uh, no, they actually fixed that, uh, which is also banned now. Um, the <laughs> Nintendo did a cease and desist on a like uh, modded program that fixed the controller issue. Okay, and allowed every controller to work the way it's supposed to. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, so then the melee. a completely different Nintendo esports, Splatoon. Did you guys know that was played uh, for esports? Me not. neither. Um, apparently it is. They're having their worlds right now. Or they and were. The finals is coming. Big exciting time for Splatoon fans. And all ten of them. Four mm-hmm. of the teams that play Splatoon uh, all changed their names because they can put in their own name however they want to. And they've changed their names to things like uh, Support Melee, Save Melee, uh, like, you know, save Smash, free Smash, and stuff like that, right? So Nintendo has decided uh, that they don't get that anymore. They just are going to get, uh, uh, you know, the the boot, essentially, and they're just going to, no more coverage of, of Splatoon. Splatoon is over now. Wait, they just canceled their championships? Uh, they can have the championship. Nobody is allowed to watch. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're, they probably won't have another one, I don't think. Right, uh, right. So there's still going to have the Splatoon finals, and Nintendo will tell you who wins. Believe them, because uh, you're not going to be able to see it in any form or fashion. <laughs> All right, well, be thankful for what the magic still has then. Yeah. All right, so on that note, let's get to the Pioneer Metagame Breakdown. <laughs> right, let's wow. get Wow. All right, your 14-day look at the Pioneer metagame based on deck percentage. In at number 12, we have Esper Control down two slots for number 10 last week. Jeskai Luka at number 11, dropping down to number dropping down three slots from number eight. Lotus Combo gaining a slot from number 11 last week. Number nine holding steady, mono black aggro. Number eight uh, with a new chart is actually mono red aggro. We'll get into the difference here in just a second. At number seven, dropping three spots is Niv to Light. At number six, holding solid is Orzov Oras. Also holding solid at number five is Mono Green Planeswalkers. Dropping down from three into number four is Luris Burn at 8.9% of the meta. In moving up, our big winner this week, moving up four slots is Four Color Omnath into that third place list. At second place, we have Wilderness Wreck dropping down from number one at 10.4% of the meta. And that means number one, moving up from number two last week, is Oops All Spells with 12.2% of the meta. I forgot to mention it. Four color Omnath at number in number third is nine point five percent of the meta. So, you know, we had a, a lot of downshifts, a lot of just hold solids. We're seeing four color Omnath move up. I think that's a pretty big just reaction to a lot of the aggro decks coming in, right? And then as these four color Omnath lists, as Wilderness Wreck comes in, oops, all spells is moving back up. Pioneer looks like it's got a meta figured out now. Yeah. That uh, that metagame involves a lot of Uro, but hey, it's got one. It does involve a lot of Uro. Honestly, like, we, we haven't been shy about something that needs to happen to Uro. 
I don't think any player thinks Uro is fine in like any format, right? Yeah, most most people maybe like maybe like your legacies or something like that, but yeah. So Ur- Uro Uro's kicking around, you know. What this format ha- does in the absence of Uro, I think is a really interesting conversation. I think that becomes a lot murkier than what we figured was going to happen post combo ban, right? Like post combo ban, we are all just like, well, it's going to be like an aggro. It's like a burn deck list. It's going to be Niv's Flight. It's going to be like Omnath decks, right? Or not Omnath, but Uro deck list, right? Yep. So where, where the format goes, if we do see an Uro burn, I think it's going to take a little more uh, peering into a little more a bit of a breakdown. Do you guys have any ideas of where you think it could potentially go? Do you think that'd be enough to, bring more diversity into mid-range or does mid-range just get like pushed out i think it's changing week to week i think what i'm seeing now is we're just starting to and it's tough to say because i don't think there's that many people especially online playing pioneer to really push this i think this will be true once we get pioneer on arena Um, and what i'm pointing to is we always say hey if you learn a deck it can do anything yeah, it can win anything. If you're better at your deck than your opponents, you are going to get rewarded. Uh, this particular metagame does not seem like that is necessarily the case, mm-hmm. but I don't think this is always going to be the metagame. I think this is the metagame that we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of similar names um, show up when we look at these challenges and these leagues and whatnot. So you are seeing, I think, a, a small dedicated pool of pioneer players kind of decide the metagame, but this particular metagame seems very matchup dependent. You know, we were talking to Godalicious last week on the Mono Red, and he said, well, I chomp on uh, Oops All Spells, and I, you know, beat a couple other things, but these other matchups are pretty much impossible. And it's kind of what it's seeming like. It's seeming like, hey, if I've got my Uros and my Omnas and my whatever, I'm going to be pretty hard-pressed to lose to Burn. It could definitely happen, but it's not very likely. And it does definitely seem like the these rapid shifts in you know, what's number one or what's winning in particular challenges are due to like, what were your matchups in this particular tournament? Mm-hmm, Which isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's a shift that I'm noticing, right? Where it's like, instead of like a bunch of mid-range decks or controller, like what what tools do you have? Because we have a solid combo deck in the format and it beats up on the mid-range, you know, there, there are some matchups that are just hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, before we even get into the challenges, would you say there's, out of any of these these top 12 decks or maybe a deck you have in your pocket, if you had to pick something, what would you be playing to sort of combat this current, like, top three of Oops All Spells and Double Uro decks? Um, I would probably try and brew something, if we're honest. Okay. Um, but again, if you're telling me there's, like, I'm invited to a premier tournament, you know, there's only so many players and I've got a real chance to win some serious money... Um, I'm probably gonna pick up some kind of Uro deck and, and battle okay. with it, right? Like a Soul Tie um, is probably what I'm doing, just because there I get to play with Sharknado, you know? Sure. So I'd probably do something like that and and play the Vegeta's out of that as much as I could. Ricky, what about you? Um, right now I think that like Mono Green Planeswalkers is just in a really good spot still, okay. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just the to be able to like hard no. From your sideboard on the Ubisoft spells decks and stuff like that. I do think also, here's already big prediction time. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of a confirmation of something that we'll talk about a little further down the, the show, but we know some lands that are coming in the next set. Sure. And the red black land and the green black land are like really, like red black has no good aggressive land. Right. Other yeah. than Blood Crypt. So I really think that the red black pathway and the green black pathway are really going to open up those Mayhem Devil decks again. That's a good thought. I yeah. really do think we're going to see some, like, some either Crocs or Mayhem Devil decks coming back and fighting against Oro. As, mm-hmm. as weird as this sounds, as oh, weird of a value that. engine Oro is, I think, oh. like, the Crocs of food engine is more of a value engine that directly can interact with the Oro engine. I would love to play small ball Croxa. I know you're probably talking about more like medium to big Croxa, but I'm man, talking more cats like, in ovens. Like Jun ju- ju- sacrifice, like sure. a more Jun sacrifice, the three way sure. sacrifice, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, mayhem devil putting on lots of pressure and like punishing you for cards like your fabled passages and stuff like that that you're playing. 
yeah. punishing you for playing tap lands, punishing you for not putting a blocker into play on turn three and just gaining three life instead. Sure. I feel like I, that sort of deck is coming. We, we don't have the aggressive lands for it and that it's, it's going to happen soon. We've already seen Auras just take off just because the black-white land. In my opinion, like Auras of Auras was a thing, but with the black-white pathway, it just really took off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think Black White already had good mana. So like, it did. It had I'm, I'm, I'm less inclined to think that was it, and more just like it was a good budget option, and and like it was the very quick aggressive deck capable of like turn three and four wins. I definitely think you will be right with the um, John mana. Though, what were you going to say, Ruckman? I was I was just going to say I think uh, my pick actually. Hear me out here. I think I I would be a little worried about dodging. The, the soul time matchup because I don't think that well actually now it's on Deli- not on delirium anymore I think I find it maybe a little more favorable uh but the matchup I would want it uh, the deck I'd probably be running right now uh outside I think model black aggro is also a good solid pick right now um just all the recursive that's the thoughts is why that deck's just been consistently good but actually if I could pick anything right now to sleeve up it might be spirits yeah going back that? to the old draft. Yeah, just like all the Uro matchups, Oopsol spells game one, like you can reasonably interact with that deck with um, Spell Queller. So I, th- and then you have the Graveyard Hate from the the board. If they're on like the Neo Form Evolution build, you can counter it with a um, Spell Queller. A, not a Spell Queller, with a Mausoleum Wanderer. Um, Mausoleum Wanderer. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Spirits is a potentially a good pick right now that's an interesting thought i um i really like ricky's call out on that i think that does make a lot of sense like just because i remember when we were first playing this format and we were hitting this format hard i mean we we delved deep into this format and i'm really proud of us for what we did when it first came out like how much we really did play one of the one of the first things we realized was like man the red black mana is bad (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. just so bad and it like really made a lot of those decks unplayable i mean you could try, but there was just too many times where you're like, well, this tap land kills my turn. Like, the format's just fast enough where unless you're a real control deck that's really going to take control of the game on turn four or five with a big sweeper or some big, you know, effect, um, you can't afford to be having comes into play tap lands uh, in most decks, so. Sure. All right, well, anything else before we get to these challenges? I'm excited about one of these challenges because I saw a name, uh, a couple of names. There's a... Some there's some interesting names in the in the at least the first one for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and there will be actually a, I have an interesting deck update to point out after we do these challenges as well. So all right, the first challenge on twelve oh five in a number eight we have Niv to Light fifth pl- seventh place. Uh, Numoth the Nummy br- running the Goatalicious Mono Red deck. Then at sixth place we have Oops All Spells. Fifth place we have just Blue Black Value. I want to point out the. Uh, oh wait, this is uh, rogues. Yeah, it's rogues. It's well, kind of rogues, right? Like kind we're playing Deathrite Shaman and then Stormcaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just a lot of just spell value. It looks like we're drowning the lock. In, yeah, and then in fifth, fourth place, we have Soul Tyrek. Third place, Jeff Skyluka. Second place, that mono red aggro build, not the burn build. It's a lot more creature heavy and stuff and things like that. And then we have Soul Tyrek in at number in first place by Phil Helmuth. So what do we want to break down here? Any obviously is it the real black Phil decks interesting? What's up? Is it like the real? Is that the Phil Helmuth? There's no way it's the Phil Helmuth. You don't think so? No. Okay. As I, I, got, I got excited. I, I saw it and I was like, is that the Phil? Okay. Anyways, he's a poker player. Uh, the Phil Helmuth. Who else this, would just ha- who else would just have Phil Helmuth as their name? With an underscore? I know. He's one of the most famous poker players of all time. <laughs> I don't who, think. I'll check his Twitter. To... I'll check his Twitter while yeah, you guys. I'm just saying, like, I saw the name and I was like, no way. Really? No. There's no way. Uh, can, we, can we start annoyingly messaging him, see if he comes on the show? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Anyways, this is a, once again, very good, very... Every time I look at this deck list, I get like more and more just converted to just be like, there's nothing wrong with this format. Just play Soul Tie. It's fun. Your lands untap every turn. They were going to do that anyways, right? This just happened a little early. (laughs) So I've been been trying to like be a little more interacting on the Pioneer subreddit, uh, which, you know... It's kind of here and there interactions, uh, how how Reddit will do. Um, But I feel like a lot of players, when they see Soul Tie Wreck, 
they kind of feel like they're missing something where they're just like, but wait, I don't have like a big expansion explosion. Like what is reclamation doing? And like, I feel like people should, when they see reclamation, they want some big combo when it's like, no, you just like play your own your turn, pass the turn untap. Now you've got removal spells and draw card spells and just all this value on your opponent's turn. Then you get to play source to speed on your turn. Like, it's this very interesting take of, you know, we're so used to expansion explosion at the end of, you know, for like 20 man at the end of our turn off of double triggers when, nah, fam, just, you know, Uro on your turn, buy it back, pass the turn, like, oh, sabotage you, chemistry's insight, my turn again, please. Like, it doesn't take much. It's just like, yeah, like, we're not even playing growth spiral anymore in this list. No, don't need it. Don't need it. Like, Wilderness Reclamation is just fine. I play Wilderness Reclamation, I untap. I have Negate mana up, and maybe even Chemistry Insight mana up, and then, like, Mm -hmm. next turn, maybe I'll make a 5-5 Shark just for fun. And then, it's just so much value. The card is so insanely good. Like, I know this is hard, but, like... There's a reason it's banned in Historic. right? Yeah. And there's a good reason to talk about Uro. But, like, Uro or Reclamation? Like, which one is is the bigger threat? I, like, for like, sake of diversity, I'd probably say Uro, but, like, Reclamation's really... Reclamation's banned in Historic. Like, you cannot decay a, a Reclamation. It's just... Uh, it's so good. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about this blue-black deck list. Uh, so, played by Hamuda, we've got one Luris, four Deathrite Shaman, three... Merfolk, Windrobber, Four Thieves Guild Enforcer, Two Stormcaller, Seagate Stormcaller. So I win again if I didn't already win. <laughs> you don't uh, win four again. So- you already four won. Soaring- I know. I'm just saying, hey, it happened again. Four Soaring Thought Thief, Two Clean to Dust, Three Fatal Push, Four Thought Seize, Two Charter Course, Four Drown Lock, One Eliminate, Two Agnes Awakening, Three Into the Story, and then a bunch of lands. Um, this deck kind of came out of nowhere, right? I mean, does this – let me go Let me go look at the, the pilot, see if we have uh, a lot of history with this. Doesn't look like it. Uh, they played a lot of Demir, Delver, and Popper, so maybe that's the crossover. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, like, Thieves Guild Enforcer plus Soaring Thought Thief is all you need to play of a Rogue's engine. Yeah, like those two cards make the whole engine work. You don't have to play like literally any other Rogues. They play three Merfolk Wind Robber. Like I, don't, I mean, like it's a fine card. The, car- the not... card you don't like. Yeah. It's not definitely like a top tier rogue or anything like that. And then we just play whatever. Deathrite Shaman's pretty good because we're milling our opponent. Like uh, Seagate Stormcaller because we've got a bunch of cheap spells. Like why not? Why not just double Thought Seize our opponent on turn three? That seems mm-hmm. dope. Double Dread on the Lock's also pretty sick. Uh, less does it sick copy Dread on the Lock? It does, but uh, like for the counter spell aspect, it's hard to do because you can't flash the Seagate Stormcaller. True. Well, I thought the Seagate Stormcaller just copies the next one, doesn't it? Uh, next one played this turn. This turn? Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this deck's sweet. Kind of came out of nowhere. It'd be interesting to see if this is a thing that picks up in popularity. This is a deck that we're not probably not going to play on Tuesday, because I do, I think for the Tuesday stream, in for those of you who uh, are <laughs> obviously didn't watch the stream, because we have been after, have happened before this episode actually airs, we're probably going to revisit the mono blue splash green devotion deck list because i had a lot of fun playing that deck on stream on sunday so we'll probably play that again this might be our our sunday one of our sunday deck lists for this coming week the risen reef deck uh yeah i played the risen reef deck last this last sunday so i'll probably play it again tomorrow because i really liked it um so we might visit this rogues air quotes rogues deck list on uh on sunday this coming week weekend it's definitely mm-hmm. not real phil Avi. he's sitting here tweeting about his Massive gamblings on football. There's okay. also a player named Phil Ivy on MTGO. I'm pretty sure they just copy poker player names. We d- we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. We maybe they just want to hide. Maybe they just want to hide it. Could be. They want people people to know. I do think though. Uh, I'd oh, like to point out also, uh, mono red miss trigger right. Yeah. Uh, great name, but uh, we're on the four collective defiance. This is real again. We we're once again when red is backed into the corner. Red decides to collectively defy, and uh, that was back that at was it again. that was the tech for inverter. Now it's the tech for oops. Now all it's spells. the tech for oops all spells. It's just like when you think you've got a deck that beats burn, burn's just like no, I've got this random escalate card from Eldritch Moon. That's everything. 
It does it all. Um, it slices, it dices, it makes delicious, delicious game wins when your opponent can't draw cards from the library. Um, it's just, it was, we took the ramp build and we just made it aggro and shoved four collective defiance in the main. And we're just going to get those oops all spell players. And I mean, like, it looks like it worked. Like the oops all spells players are all out of the top eight. One made it in. Yep. And then speaking of that, we take the ramp build, new about the nummy, running back, that go delicious special. I do want to before we get the next challenge, touch upon briefly that go delicious actually did what they were talking about with, hey, as this format moves on in a direction, uh, he dropped the the Bone Crusher Giants and added in that Emrakul in the main, up to the Golos count in the main, sort of like he was talking about. So that was the tech that he he led us into knowing that was probably gonna happen. And hey, it looks like he did it. And went to a 4-1 result in the preliminary this last week. So nice. uh, just something I thought I'd want to point out there that, uh, hey, they said it was going to happen and they did. Uh, and yeah, he also took out the 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 don't do that blast zone from the sideboard. <laughs> there we go. Did, the, uh, uh, did Newmont keep it in or did they take yeah, it out? Uh, they Newmont's, it playing, in. Yeah, Newmont's playing the old list. Gotcha. Did you yeah. guys know Valakut's Awakening is an instant? It is. Just because I played it in the deck that you told me to take, and you told me to play, <laughs> you, you, we play it in the Neo Storm deck. We play. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that card was an instant until like literally a stream ago. Like last time I was streaming the deck, I was like, "Why do I have priority?" And I was just like, "Oh, wait, yeah. didn't you didn't you play it against me at Instant Speed last Friday when I dunked on you with Sultai?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I learned about it like literally yesterday when I oh, did okay. that. Uh, you did dunk on me. That's fine. You drew three thought seizes. That's what happens. Hey, it's okay. I just got to brag where I can. Where I, the days I beat Ricky are just days to look. The day, <laughs> the day that I beat Ricky was the greatest day of your life. But for me, it was have a Tuesday. Know. Have you know, the, the the next round after that, I played against like the historic life game deck. Yeah. And I like comboed off on turn five, but they had like 37 life and I dealt... 35 damage Ooh. oh and no so it's just like oh, I, I just sort of lose ricky just needs to stop playing combo <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's great on the ladder it's bad at fnms okay all right let's move on to this next challenge then shall we in at number eight miss trigger again with mono red seventh place we have blurris burn fourth place four color omnath fifth place mono green planeswalkers fourth place lotus combo third place oops all spell second place niv to light First place, Jesse Samick with Mono Green Planeswalkers. Deck's good. Deck's good. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Ricky, how 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 are how often were you saying like don't don't count it out? The deck's gonna come back at some point, and it has and it's hung in there. This deck just gets to break all the rules of the game where you get to play with your sideboard essentially as a second hand. Yeah. Uh, it's very well built around that. It can be very explosive, like getting like a turn two or turn, uh, you know, a turn two uh, big guy in play. Uh, I guess turn two isn't really as popular as it used to be. Uh, but like turn three, you're getting like a Planeswalker online. And God, if it's like Nissa coming down on turn three or turn uh, four, it's just brutal. Mm-hmm. I think and it's the- one of the best proactive decks. Medvedev also has the uh, mono green in the top eight there. Yep. Um, you know, you look at all these one ofs in the sideboard, but it looks like they're playing three Tormod's Crypt, uh, which means that they've even got a sideboard option against Oops All Spells. They just bring in the Tormod's Crypts in the main and just draw they, them like uh, normally. I'm, I'm assuming they, they bring in two and then leave one, right? Of course. Good old-fashioned so Demir Control in 18th place. Our only yeah. creatures are Torrential Gearhulk. Yeah. A bunch of people play in the mono red deck, though. The Collective Defiances. I gotta say, though, this challenge is just rife with uh, little mana pips on the side here. We're playing a lot of colors in this event. Well, hey, it's an event with Uros the number one played card, so... Yeah. Uh, followed by Sylvan Carotid, somehow. Because uh, of the, the Niv to Light and Oops All Spells decks. How did we... Yeah, how did we wedge in there between Teferi and Uro? Those guys are best buds. Uh, because Oops All Spells gets to pick up the characters too, right? Yeah, that's why. And then I like that all the uh, mono-red cards are all grouped together. Just Lava Runner, Swift Spear, Soulscar Mage, Roiling Vortex. Well, it's, it's, it's the rest of the list besides Graph Digger's Cage, right? It's just like, yeah. here's here's the mid-range cards, ah, Graph Digger's Cage, and then just mono-red. Yep. Mm-hmm. Graph Digger's Cage, man, that card is just 
I keep rereading that card. That card just gets weirder and weirder the more I read it. I got to play it in the webcam event. Yeah. And it like stops Uro, but it doesn't stop me from like worrying as long as I don't hit an uh, artifact creature. Yeah. It, it's it's a really funky card. And then hey, for those historic players out there, remember it does not stop God Pharaoh's gift. Something I pointed out on the stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not. It exiles the the card and makes a token. It does not reanimate yeah. it. All right. Anything else in this metagame breakdown you want to talk about? Uh, anything at all? You know, these two challenges? Any updates? Our our Discord webcam. Anything you want to point out? Are we are we moving on? Because Chris, I think you have a question for us this week. Well, we uh, still see some Orshav auras here um, that I thought was just interesting to note. That deck still does well. So if you either have invested or thought about investing in it, you're still killing people on turn three or four, and there's you know not a whole lot that uh, can be done with some of these decks that don't play as much interaction, you know? So I don't know how much interaction Omnath is playing, but if they're kind of dirtling around or setting up their own thing, you're probably just killing them in a little combo before they kill you. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then there's just Bant Yorian down here at the bottom playing uh, actual Seagate Restoration in, uh, as one of the lands, which I guess there's no downside to it, but come on. We're not casting that card. Just play the island. You know, you don't need to come it's, and play taps. The, d- the downside is the looks you get as you as you flip ne- it over. You're never casting that card. Let's uh, let's get real. Let's get real. Also, this challenge is super weird because, I mean, uh, I mean, we just talked about how insane it was. But, like, uh, there's only, like, six copies total in the top 32 uh, of Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah. It just didn't show up today. It gets weird. I don't know what happened. Well, they all won on Saturday, so they, they decided to take Sunday off. Right, okay. They took a victory sense. lap. Yeah, got to take that victory lap. Got to tweet about your winnings in... Uh, in poker. In poker, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Fair enough. The uh, the Sultai deck just not... I don't know if it lost or it just didn't show up. It's weird. That deck generally doesn't just not show up at all like this. So... Yeah, that's what I got to say it, about that. Wasn't there a weird thing where some, like, poker pros had to, like get off the tour because the internet connections were so bad. What's that a thing? Is that a oh, recent thing? or a... No, you know what it is? It was the dar- the Pro Darts League. Oh, okay. P- this, so, so these people had such bad internet that they couldn't uh, have good enough webcam quality for them to let them pr- play in the league. How do you <laughs> play... You play darts online. How you throw at the dartboard just have your camera pointed at it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Man. You can do anything online these days. Oh, wow, that's sort of crazy. Yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, Chris, uh, let's take it. Uh, do you do you want to take us to the, your, your crafting corner? You know what? You take us to the crafting Lead the way, Ruckman. Lead the way over here to oh, the crafting corner. Oh, all right. Corner. Well, uh, all right. Well, uh, let me go get out of these clothes. Let me get the, the nice smoking jacket on. Mm-hmm. Pull out mm-hmm. a nice cigar. Yeah. Uh, and, you got, know. Got you a lighter here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's take a nice seat in the, 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 the good chair. The good chair. I always thought Chris's crafting corner was like a play school workbench and like <laughs> a plastic <laughs> picnic table with an umbrella. That might, that's what it is in actuality, but in our minds, I can't we're tell sophisticated you gentlemen. what I want to say right now because we're recording. But just know that after the podcast, I'm going to have some words for you. <laughs> Look, that's what it So in our minds, we're being really sophisticated, right? But to Ricky, the outside observer, it's just us just eating paint. Ricky's sleeping in the streets tonight. It's all I can say. He's back outside. <laughs> I'm putting him back outside. I the hottest takes, and you guys just wouldn't respect them. Doesn't even get the cage tonight outside. Outside. All right. All right. All right. What are we talking about in this in this very very fancy prime corner over here? Thank you so much. In this wonderful corner we have over here, I want to talk to you guys about some secret layers. There's some really nifty stuff coming out with secret layers, and you know we got our our Bob Ross lands. We can uh, you know claim on Arena now for free. If you guys haven't seen that, and that's kind of nifty. So I just wanted to ask you guys, where do you see you know what have you seen that you like and you dislike, and what do you think about the future of secret layers? So the big thing, right, is that Secret Layer now letting you pay when they're ready to ship. Great change. Oh, that is great. Yep. Now, there is a little caveat to that because if they do have a, an online component, like, say, my Yargles did, if you want to collect those, you got to pay up front. You can still but get them, I, though, right? What? What's that? You can still get them 
when they ship though, right? When they ship, yeah. When you pay, you unlock the ability to to use those codes to get those codes, which is really nice. Um, so do we want to do we want to just talk about the current secret layers and then talk about the future? How do we want to break this down? Whatever you guys want, whatever your first thought was when I when I brought that up. Okay. Um I would say a, a hit. I'll, I'll give my my top three hits, and then we'll go through top three misses. How about that? Does that make more sure sense? Okay. Sure. Uh, hit number one, stained glass planeswalkers. Oh, yeah. Big hit. Beautiful. They weren't announced in them. You just got one. Mm-hmm. I got lucky. I bought two secret layers. I got two Nissas who, who shake the world in stained glass. That was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, some people got less lucky, but hey, you weren't really expecting it until they were, you know, the secret was out, and then it was like, hey, that's just a nice little bonus. Yep. I think hit number two was the Women's Day one. Um, the, definitely the six cards were all awesome. They Mine didn't warp at all. I have all of mine in my cube for the most part, except for the uh, four-color legend. Uh, but a lot of cool cards, full art, and very legible full art, which was nice. Sure. And then uh, for my last hit, I'm going to have to say that the the pack rat or you're the rat one. I have a couple pack rats from that. Uh, great, great art. I, lo- I just loved the the variety of art, really. Like, from serious art, like Thalia and the, the Pack Rat one that looked really great, and then, like, more wacky things like the Kitties one and the, the one about the dog that is on Rest in Peace but not dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are my three hits. Ruckman, you got three hits? Yeah, so obviously the Argles were my, my number one hit, right? Uh, I, I immediately snapped up four of those. Also because the fact they offered it non-foil, I'm going to spoil it right now. Uh, I'm kind of at a tie on the the worst things being The Walking Dead and then just Pringles. Uh, my two other big hits are probably the the Extra Life one. I the I think those the the cards included in that were great. The Collected Company art is great. I like the theme behind that one. Um, the man, the Rock one I think are so cool. I definitely want to get some Assassin's trophies for Pioneer from that. Uh, but I, I love Seb McKinnon. You know, I've got some Seb McKinnon sitting above me right now. Art. So I'm I'm actually just going to say the fact that the, they're doing a whole series of just different artists. I love that. And I love the fact of just like, hey, here are some artists. Just get to pick cards they really like and they get to do whatever they like. And then Seb, awesome. If you go to his Twitter, you see the whole breakdown on how his art series actually has like a story of this knight errant walking through this whole story and stuff like that. It's super gorgeous, super awesome. So I'm actually really excited to see all of these, uh, the artist ones coming out in the near future. Uh, we can talk about that here after we go over some of our favorites, sort of sort of what's coming up for Secret Lair. Because I think that especially once they change the the payment structure, I'm coming around to them a little bit more. Uh, Chris, do you have any favorites? Yeah, I'm going to put the ones that were for charity as the top two, just because like I think that's like really, really amazing. And yeah. I thought that's like to me is like one of the ultimate things about this was like, hey, we're going to have collectible cards. And I don't know, I guess like to me, it was the opposite of the the Walking Dead one where like, you know, yeah. I, I don't care necessarily about like making money necessarily. Right. Like it's it's whatever. I'm not here to like preach some kind of thing about that. But the way that it's like got like only cards you can get to there is a weird model given the rest of this game. Right. It's weird mm-hmm. to have a secret layer that contains exclusive cards. And that's obviously its own thing. But then we go the other way where it's like, hey, not only are we going to be selling these super ultra cool cards, but we're going to give to charity also. Like that mm-hmm. to me is amazing and, and kind of the polar opposite. So I really like those. Um, that was really cool. The Ajani, of course, looks sweet in the little one that's not the Women's Day one. And then for number three, if I can pick it, I'm also going to go with the Seb one. I guess it's coming out. Mm-hmm. just because like i'm with you where like the artist series is what i'm really interested in because i'm really like there are certain cards that i really like but like i don't probably have a card besides like you know i don't know an arc light phoenix or something i used to play back in the day that i've got like a super crazy attachment to especially as a more competitive player you play decks in cycles you know so like as a commander player i understand having a favorite card but coming from the competitive aspect of it like you said i'd really rather have really cool looking full art cards than like a particular card that, that I'm interested in. So the artist series is exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. Let's go with uh, our misses real quick. I'm going to say, I'm going to get out there and say it because nobody else is going to say it. Stargazing through Theros was awful. Really? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, $50 and you get three cards. Oh yeah. It was one of the early ones though, right? They're four, they were 40. 50, 40, I guess was shi- 50 after 40, shipping. 50 after shipping. And there right? were five yeah. of them and you had to buy them all that week. 
Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I guess I was thinking of like the the ones remembering that like how cool the art was, but you are right. Like you had to buy each god separately, right? Hmm. You it bought like you got one main god parts. and yeah, then two side gods. Oh, and it was just like yeah, the demigods. Just, just sets of five of them. Like just like Thassa and then all four demigods that had the blue in them. I know, yes, we're gonna get some repeats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least like that's a more substantial set. Charge fifty bucks, but I'm getting five cards. I'm paying ten dollars a card. I'm paying the whatever shipping you're gonna charge me. Mm-hmm. But like three cards for f- like forty bucks, and then they didn't ship them for eternity. Yeah. And on top of that, they they just look like the ones that came in Theros already. Yeah. yeah. And like that's not really that cool. I just thought this was a big miss for me. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, you guys. I, they look cool for sure. Sure, but you're right. They are just what we got. We got in this, which you know, that's one thing people want to complete their sets. Which hey, we'll talk about completing sets here in a minute, right? Um, But you know, and I I appreciate you not taking the low hanging fruit like I did with the Walking Dead and the Pringles. Um, In in a similar vein of not taking the low hanging fruit, uh, I would say my miss would probably be the fact that these actually weren't available worldwide and were actually limited shipping on certain European markets outside of America. So not everyone could buy these. Well, I'm about to take the other low-hanging fruit here because I'm going to say that the number two miss for me was uh, Secret Lair Fetchlands. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, were they foil or no? Not foil. No, but those those also went to stores, so I, I don't know if I want to count that. Like, I guess, yeah, kind of on a technicality, right? But those were sent to stores and not sold online. The part, The whole everything about it was just a debacle. Sure, but I, I, I don't put I like they have the secret the ultimate secret layer edition name right, but I don't, wouldn't consider those part of the normal secret layer releases, right? And then to me, the number one miss because I think it's hilarious and it made me think that there's no way these were going to last the all year, right? Yeah, uh, bitter blossom in a box. <laughs> bitter blossom <laughs> dreams. Did, did anybody else like see that as like one of the first secret layers revealed, and you were just like, oh yeah, this is a one and done. Yeah. Like it's you get a bitter blossom. Mm-hmm. $30 plus shipping, please. Ugh. Anyways, I thought that was the honestly the biggest I think I'm I'm once again, I think that the Walking Dead one is if they had done it a little bit better, would have been fine. Yeah. I, I if think had, it's if, cool if we if, if they treated them if they treated them like the Godzilla cards and we already had their equivalents already, I'd yep. be more open to it. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the big difference. And yep. that's a hundred percent where I make the sticking point too, is I think it's brilliant until you have the exclusive cards where it's like, you're really trying to like push it to a level that like, and I get it. Like you need this to work, right? You probably paid, you know, I'm assuming that wizards paid a premium for this license to print the cards. It has to work. So you're saying, Oh, well look, it's exclusive cards. You can't get anywhere well, else to get the it, collectors real jazzed up. You know? It paid off because it was apparently their uh, their top seller, and that wasn't just whales. It was like single buy, single two copy buyers. Yeah, and and again, it, it, you know, it had to be right. Like it had to be. Yeah. So I, I get that. Again, it's just like I think it still would have been a big seller without necessarily the unique thing. Again, I think the Godzilla cards are really amazing. Like my yeah. number one miss, and just like I'm willing to give them a pass on Bitter Blossom Dreams because it was like the first one, right? one of the first ones like that's my thought about it is like some of the ones where it's like they're at the beginning trying it out hey i don't have to buy it if i don't want it like it looked interesting it was a cool look at bitter blossom if you liked bitter blossom um i think 30 bucks was a fine price you know my mm. number one that i just i just didn't like it was the slime one i just really? think the slimes i just think the slimes look stupid that's just all there is to it and if sure, you like them that's that's totally fine it's just yeah, the one I'm, I'm, I'm not like. trying to, i'm not trying to pick on the art style because i think the art's going to be subjective to everyone right sure. um like I wasn't super into the the tattoo ones. Sure, sure. I I'll see, but I think there's some debate there that you can have because like at least with the tattoo ones, they were really true to that classical style of tattoo, you know? Yeah, I mean like I couldn't like name the the type of style the slime ones were going for, right. but I see like what they are trying to be in my mind and like that that style still makes sense to me. That like sure. 90s early 2000s sort of like skate pop Yep. style look to them you know yep, so yep. i i see that anyway so let's take a quick couple minutes before we go to the results of our does slap challenge on the upcoming secret layer information of course the the big five drops still going right now up until monday uh coming up so one of the changes that we talked about beside which actually took effect now is the hey pay for them later when they ship when they're ready that's going to be a big deal just hey make sure you 
earmark the money in your account. Um, it looks like next year we're going to see more super drops and less just like, hey, this week there's a secret layer out, which I think is another good change. Right. No, because no the, single dropping. No single dropping. The super drops also usually run longer. So you have more time to think about, especially if they do how this one was, where you can still buy one or another throughout the whole time. Unlike which one was, was it the, the first one where it was like, well, you could buy the whole set that same day, but then you could only buy um, one on each of the other days. Yeah, the first one, they were each 24 hours, and the last day yeah. is like you can buy all of them. Yeah, but if they if they keep going forward how they do this current run, I think it's great. That way you have like a week or two to sort of think about like, ah, oh, do I actually want to get it? You know, like that's a good change. So we're all – so starting in February, there's going to be a there's super drop, and they're going to kind of keep that going forward as the the model which i think is good um then we talked about the uh the the artist runs so so far the announced artists are johannes voss who actually had some preview art that's probably coming out in february since they showed off some art and said it's coming out soon kaja and phil foglio is going to get one and then fiona staples will have a guest drop all of those coming soon so uh, a whole big artist lineup I think is super sweet, and I there's definitely plenty of artists in and outside of Magic I think that could make some sweet art for the game. Oh, I'm super excited uh, for that. Um, some other teases. Read that the fine lore. print. Well, say what? That nature's lore. The nature's lore. So there's a drop that we're seeing very similar to the the pop art. Let's see, like, the, sorry, the heavy metal art. Let's just be like... Um, Concert poses, I think, is what that drop is supposed to be. Another drop we have teased is called Read the Fine Print that is going to have four creatures and one enchantment. So the current theory is that's going to be Liliana's contract and all four of the legendary demons. Oh, that's a good thought. People are on it. Tell so, you what. So Yogmoth, Razaketh, uh, Grizzlebrand, uh, not Yogmoth. Anyway, you know the four demons. Kothafed, and whatever the other one is. <laughs> Razaketh and Grizzlebrand would be the big ones, right? Kotha yeah. Fed and whatever the heck the other one was, uh, whatever. I think the other one was, like, nameless, right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, and then... Uh, bu- bu- I think that's pretty much it. Oh! They the, showed that Ghibli-looking uh, art. Yeah, the and then, art. of course, the uh, the new version of the Ultimate Secret Lair Edition that was like the Fetchlands will cost cheaper is going to be... All 10 of the double-faced flip lands, the original six being Kaldheim-based full arts, and the new four being Zendikar full arts, seemingly confirming, hey, the other four flip lands will be in Kaldheim. So if you buy this, you can then get a complete set of 10 Zendikar art and 10 Kaldheim art. So that's pretty neat. That is pretty neat. And it will cost less than the fetch lands they said. Wow. Yep. Um not a not a low like not not a low bar. Not a high yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah not yeah. a low bar at that all. That was expensive for sure. This one will only cost $150. <laughs> oh, it looks like I also missed apparently they also teased a drop focused on dinosaurs. Oh, interesting. That'll make some people happy. Yep. So the uh, apparently I didn't realize the artist series they also Essentially, just gave the artist, hey, whatever cards you want, go mm-hmm. go pick them. Yep. So yep. that's super Way neat. better right. than like just being like, hey, you're going to draw these cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, Seb and jo- Johannes Voss getting their, their two. I mean, those are the artists that come to mind that are still active that I'm just like, all right, cool. Those are my, those are my two done. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the artists I want. So, man, maybe I should, I should buy a Seb. But gosh, darn it. I can't. <laughs> I need like 10 of those Seb Swamps. I can't just have one of them. <laughs> you could probably buy them aftermarket. Oh, Chris, they're going to be so expensive. Maybe it might we'll be. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get some non-foil. Is it available non-foil? It is available non-foil. Okay, good. Because that's that's one thing for me is I want every secret layer to be foil or non-foil because I'm not running run the risk of Pringles. Oh, yeah. How, how worried should we be about that kind of thing? Uh, Ricky hasn't had an issue. I bought two just the pack rats from the rat one and they haven't had issues, but you see enough online and I'm worried, right? Like yeah. we live in, I live in Houston, Texas, one of the humidity capitals of the world I'm, I'm assuming. So right. mm-hmm. humidity capital of the world. 
I mean, I live in the swamp. Yep, yeah, true. No, I get you. <laughs> that a swampy Florida. Uh, all right. Are we ready to... Ricky, do you have uh, anything else before we, before we move on to the challenge win? Um, I've got nothing else when you guys are ready to move on to the challenge. Let's go. Ricky, hit us with that dozen... Or, sorry. Actually, yeah. Ricky, it's your Ricky, challenge. Do with, it. Ricky, hit us with a dozen slap. Boom. <laughs> How was that? Uh, like a man we'll, we'll practice with it that sounds, you guys we'll planned this so, you guys didn't tell me like, you guys were gonna do this you guys planned this that that was like someone farting in the michigan courthouse Ooh, while trying to represent stop. election Ooh. law wow boom slap the sound <laughs> it's not that bad do not compare me to that song <laughs> oh okay right, i'm gonna stop on, laughing come Go on ahead. with ricky did you pick a, a winner for the challenge i picked a winner and i picked a runner-up okay what you got for us well, i'm gonna start with the runner-up okay we got uh uh paradoxal uh it, they named it paradoxal uh lacy exo darp okay boy uh, ricky uh, i th- brave of you to pick one of the ones you couldn't read <laughs> yeah you know fair enough paradoxical that's all of them. yeah uh so oh, you read that name it's paradoxical backwards Huh. Anyways, uh, what we have here, we got 22 lands. The lands go first on tapped out because they're weird. Um, but we've got first four. of all, who also who submitted this deck list? Uh, so I think their names are different. I can't find it's, it again. We'll just go with the discard. The discard oh, name there is, it is Matt Rail. Matt Rail. All right. So we are playing here 22 lands. Four Mystical Sanctuary is the very important land that we're playing here, uh, as it lets us buy back our paradoxal outcome. Um, but this deck is is got the Emery's, we got the Ornithopters, we have four, count them, four Thassa's Oracles. Okay. This is how we're winning the game. A four Uro, because, uh, why not? We right? gotta live. Yeah. We gotta play the game, right? Uh, four Golden Egg, four Witching Well, very, very classical. Uh, golden Egg, interesting. Um, you're able to sack it easier to uh, loop with Emery. I like Par- uh prophetic prism but i think this is a very interesting uh use of the card i think golden egg might be a little better for this deck because you're not trying to make all these different colors uh gross spiral uh because once again you're gonna if you're if you're in simic why not play the good simic cards uh for paradoxal outcome and then uh a card very close to paradoxal outcome flood of tears for those Uh, who at home ricky what does what does flood of tears do uh six mana sorcery return all non-land permanents to their owner's hand if you return four or more non-token permanents you control this way, you may put a permanent from your hand into the battlefield. Uh, we then run a Omniscience to hit that Flood of Tears and a Gaia's Blessing to make sure we don't lose. Uh, so we are a like Omni-Flood deck with a Paradoxal Outcome Engine. Uh, there's no actual way we're, we're winning with four Thassa's Oracles. There's no other way. We have Oro. But we're winning with four Thassa's Oracles. We're going to draw the whole deck. Yeah. We, we are going to literally paradoxal outcome until our deck is empty. And then win the game. Till the cows come home, if you will. Yes. Till the angels uh, win the pennant. Till the angels, the angels win, the win the pennant. And I think this is a really cute way to do this. I like it. The ad- introduction of Uro and Grow Spiral, which means this is a real deck and probably can win real games. Uh, just because you're playing those cards. And then the Flood of Tears Omniscience build, I think, is really clever and interesting. So I gave this okay. my runner-up. All right. Well, Matt Rayall, expect uh, some arena codes here from me on uh, on Friday when this episode goes live. There we go. Now, I think this deck is pretty interesting. Um, I wish token. we had more ways to get Omniscience in play, but I like it. Right. Uh, I mean, there's only Flood of Tears, but we're going to draw a bunch of cards. Um, Servo token out here. Is this, is this our winner? This is the winner. Okay. Uh, named the deck just Outcome Challenge. And this is like an amalgamation of almost everything I like. Um, because it has... It's got the Paradox Outcome, uh, like, Emery Psy engine, right? We've got cards that are now homeless due to the banning of Kethis also finding their way here like Kinian and like Joyra 
and we've got like just mox ambers all here diligent excavator even in the sideboard it's like Kethis never left and then uh spice card extraordinaire and my favorite sleeves in mtg arena song of creation also up in here uh we have four Ornithopter, four Kinian, one Thassa's Oracle, two Emery, one Psy, four Joyro Weatherlight Captain, which draws us a card whenever we cast a historic spell, such as Ornithopter, very historic. One Sahili Sublime Artificer is another way to just flood the board early. Uh, also allows us to uh, copy, uh, I guess, Springleaf Trump, which could matter, or Mox Amber. Um, Jace Wielder of Mysteries is another way to win the game. Four Paradoxal Outcome, and then the Artifact Package of four Cornucopia, which of course is a zero-drop artifact. Or for three mana, we could have a mana rock that makes extra mana with Kinia. One Briber's Purse, four Mox Amber, four Tormod's Crypt main deck, because we're thinking ahead. Uh, Tormod's Crypt is not only a zero-mana artifact for us, but also uh, just a hate card that's very good. And four Springleaf Drum. Uh, four Slinger Creation and 24 lands... Uh, with, of course, we've got the four Mystic Sanctuary to make sure that we can go ahead and re-loop our Paradoxal Outcomes. And in the sideboard, we've got our Diligent Excavators, Ashiok, Mystical Disputes and Negates, uh, and our one of Aetherflux Reservoir. Also, in true server token fashion, this is under 100 ticks, and it's a pretty pretty budget, right? 65 ticks on MTGO? Yeah, 65 yeah. ticks on MTGO. Um... Looks like uh, a majority of that being the Mox Kittens Ambers. and Mox Ambers. Huh. Kinians are expensive. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? Who knew? But yeah, only 65 ticks. Uh, this deck seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think you might want to cut down to one Jace instead of two, but maybe you need the extra Legend for the Amber. I sort of want to just play another Briber's Purse. Um, but this deck seems really cool with song creation and stuff like that. Um, just being able to uh, loop so well. Sure. There we go. So that is my uh, that is my winner for the Paradoxal Outcome Challenge. Uh, do you want me to go ahead and lay down the new challenge? Yeah, let's... Uh, congrats Servo Token, by the way. Yeah. yeah, congrats Servo Token. Yeah, good job Servo Token. All right, so I'll let Ricky reveal what it is, but uh, look... It was perhaps said that give, giving the one card is is too easy. It's be too too homogenized. So we instead of really giving a super broad term, we we picked a category that will give some options, but I'm expecting some crossover here. So without further ado, Ricky, do you want to reveal what this week's challenge is? I'm feeling extra spicy this week, and what I want to do more than anything is win. Uh, so I would like a deck that quote wins the game end quote uh specifically not through any normal means we're going to win through a card telling us we have already won the game uh the yeah. banned cards in this challenge are jace wielder of mysteries and thassa's oracle but everything else in pioneer is yours uh so have fun and let's win the game also of note your opponent cannot lose the game there's a couple cards that do that and a couple ways that do that you have to win the game I don't want my opponent to be a loser. I want to be a winner. That's exactly you just want to win. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Good to see this isn't a zero-sum challenge. That's right. All right, everyone. Anything else before we wrap up this week? Nope. That'll do it. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me this week. And thank you, wonderful listeners, for tuning in and listening to us, as always, talk about some Pioneer. Uh, we talked about the uh, secret layer changes, some interesting stuff coming out. Let us know what your safe or secret layers are. Obviously, we're not fans of the Pringles and the Walking Deads, but we want to see here, you know, is there a secret layer that you picked up? Is there one that you were just close enough to do? I know also just the shipping's really expensive on those things. But, you know, what, what were your favorite secret layers for this year? Because I think they are still kind of cool uh, if, they, if they are something you are in the market for. Um, aside from that, you know, again, thanks for listening to us. Thank you to our patrons for supporting us every week. Again, it's patreon.com slash crew3ftg. If you don't want to support us monetarily, which, hey, we, of course, do appreciate, but we do understand it's not for everyone. You go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. Go like us on Twitter, share the podcast, share the YouTube, share the streams. I stream three nights a week. I'm trying to keep a schedule of Tuesday, Friday, and then one of the weekend days, afternoons, kind of 
that's going to be either Saturday or Sunday on the week, but I do announce in the Discord and the the Twitters uh, what the, the schedule is. I do post a weekly deck tech on the YouTube channel. And of course, we have the podcast every Friday, so support us on those platforms. Uh, also helps a big deal get the voice Get the news out. Get our get the the podcast, the show name out there. That helps a lot. You can find me on the official Twitter account at Crew Three Podcast. You can find Chris at it's underscore Christmas without the T. That's right. And then you can find Ricky at it's also Steve. And you can also find Ricky sleeping in the alleyway this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that said, we'll talk to y'all next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.